49ers fans. It is 49ers Fangirl, and I am coming to you with a very special podcast today. Uh, here at 49ers Fangirl, we are all about bringing people together, even people that do not always agree with each other. And in that vein, we have Grant Cohn from the Santa Rosa Press Democrat, where he covers the San Francisco 49ers. And we have SoCali Steph. Hello, guys. Hi. Hi. <laughs> this is really big, Ninerville. <laughs> They're friends again. <laughs> Though we are going to be talking Kaepernick, so I'm just going to start by saying everybody be nice. <laughs> I just want to say that Steph gets the credit. I jumped down her throat for really no reason, and I didn't have the uh, I didn't have the wherewithal to apologize on my own. She reached out, so th- thanks, Steph. I appreciate it. Of course, I, I I'm I don't really hold grudges, and I'm I'm really. Uh, interested in everybody's point of view so i'm happy to have you on i mean if if only jed york and trent balky and jim harbaugh could have had this kind of situation would have been amazing but alas they didn't and here we are a couple weeks into free agency with a new coach tbd how that goes um basically no new players and the one player we were super excited about them re-signing is now maybe not going to be able to start opening day and had to restructure his deal from five years to one with basically no guaranteed money because he didn't pass the physical. It's Ian Williams. Um, and Colin Kaepernick still on the trading block. So, where would you guys like to start? Either I, I, I'm fine with starting at Colin Kaepernick. I think um, a lot of the trade talks and a lot of the you know things we heard was really overblown in the first place. I'm not sure that there was another team that really had a significant level of interest in trading for Colin Kaepernick and what they'd have to do. And, you know, from a 49ers perspective, they have two, you know, quarterbacks that are, you know, okay enough to proceed with the season under contract. So it's not like they were, they had to do anything at the same time. So I really think that, um, and and I'm personally happy that Colin Kaepernick is staying. I, no, he didn't do well last season, and the season before was rough. But I think he played hurt a lot of times, and I think that he wasn't given the best uh, situation. Uh, different co- coordinators, not the best coaching staff. It was pretty inferior compared to his, you know, his beginning of his career. So I'm happy he's back, and hoping they can do something with him. Uh, and I think everybody knows I agree with that. Grant, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, uh, I guess I have a question for Steph. Steph, you really think that this news means that Kaepernick is definitely coming back next year? The well, next season? I mean, I'm not a clairvoyant, Grant, but I think <laughs> that he is. I think it shows that there's. it's probably more probable than not. I mean, from a business standpoint, I don't think that they have anything to lose from it. If he passes the physical, I absolutely do. They could treat him like a RG3 situation. So, you know, who knows if they're actually going to play him, but I do think he's going to return on the team. Who knows if he's actually going to play and and be the starter. But I do think they're going to give him an opportunity to start. And if he beats out Blaine Gabbert and shows that, by all means, I think that they can try to rectify the situation. And I I don't – and I think that the only person that can do that would be Chip Kelly because the relationship with the rest of the 49ers from the the front office to, you know, the ownership have have really been severed. So – he would have to be basically playing for himself at this point 
for for a starting position next year. And I think Colin Kaepernick is willing to do that. I see what you're saying. Uh, it just it seems to me that Kaepernick has made it pretty clear that he doesn't want to play for the 49ers anymore. And if that's the case, I don't know. It seems like that kind of forces the 49ers' hand. You, you can't really have your highest-paid player, your franchise quarterback, uh, not wanting to be there, not really being engaged in, in the meetings and sort of who knows what he's saying in the locker room, being sort of a negative presence for a new coaching staff. I think if he wants to go, they're going to have to trade him. And I think this news that comes out with, with Cleveland is interesting. To me, it's, it shows that Cleveland's split. Uh, the front office may not like Kaepernick. Maybe the analytics say he isn't good anymore. Probably doesn't. Probably says he isn't good. Clearly, he's regressed. But we know that Hugh Jackson really likes Tom Kaepernick. He wanted the Raiders to trade up for him. Uh, and the other thing is, Trent Baalke recently interviewed uh, Hugh Jackson for hours just a few months ago when they were looking for a, a head coach. I'm sure Hugh Jackson made very clear how he feels about Colin Kaepernick. So maybe the 49ers feel that if they just wait, they can work something out with Cleveland, given how Hugh Jackson feels. Maybe they feel Hugh will put pressure on the new front office that isn't really uh, a football front office, more of an analytics crew. I don't know. What do you think of that? Is that far-fetched? I don't think it's far-fetched. I do want to backtrack a little bit. I, I don't think that if Kaepernick ends up staying, and maybe this is naivete, but I just really don't think he's going to be bad-mouthing the team in the locker room and not showing up to meetings, because I do think he's a competitor. Um, so I think if he does stay, he will do whatever he has to do to make the team successful. Um, so that's that's one. I don't think it's far-fetched, but I tend to believe at this point, I tend to agree with Steph, that I don't think he's going anywhere. I think a lot of the interest was overblown. Um, and I just, I don't think he's going anywhere. It's a big contract. He has, you know, whether he's actually regressed, whether it was coaching, whether it was being injured, he looks like he's regressed. And I just, I just don't know that other teams are willing to give up what the 49ers say they want for him. And maybe they would compromise on that. I don't know. But I just think at this point, it was such a frenzy, and he was going to be traded at any minute, and it was going to be within the hour, within 12 hours, within 24 hours, and here we are two weeks later, and he's still on the team in April 1st or April and April 4th are coming quick. And I just feel like at this point, they're just they're going to roll the dice. And I think Chip Kelly probably wants to see what Caps got left before he I, makes absolutely. a decision. Absolutely. I think the one I agree with Tracy on this is that I don't think Kaepernick would do that um, just based on his personality. I know that you know, even if he's unhappy, I don't think he's going to create a situation where it's going to make it um, awkward or anything like that. I think he's naturally just knowing his type of personality is he's shy. He really is adverse to any kind of conflict. He just tries to stay to himself, and sometimes that's to his own dismay because people think he's stuck up or people think that he's in his own world or they think all these things and then those feelings fly. But I don't think he would, you know, aggressively talk poorly about the 49ers. He's actually been the only one that hasn't really said anything. I mean, maybe his camp did, but I don't think he came out and said anything totally outrageous. Um, even though that he wasn't treated very nicely, so I, I just don't, I don't buy that he's going to do that. Well, I mean, this situation did happen like uh, I want to say five, six years ago with Carson Palmer. Remember, in Cincinnati, he didn't want to play for them anymore. He requested a trade. 
they said no we don't want to trade you we want you you signed a contract and he didn't he just didn't go he, he uh, retired or they put him on the retired list and he they fined him took money away from his contract and he didn't care uh, he had made a lot more money than Colin Kaepernick had made I don't know if Kaepernick wants to do that but he seems like the kind of person that if he doesn't want to play for the team if he if, if he makes his mind up about something he's pretty I don't know if stubborn is the right word but he's uh, hard headed he's committed to his to his own uh, uh, viewpoint whatever you want to say I don't know it seems every indication is that he doesn't want to play for this team and he doesn't want to give Kip, Chip Kelly a chance which is uh, doesn't make sense to me it seems like the Niners would be a much better would be the best place for him he uh, work for this coach be in a system that caters to his skill set uh, those type of things I don't know make a lot of money what do you think I just think he's such a competitor. I can't imagine that he will kind of sabotage himself. I just, I don't, I mean, I don't, Yeah. I just don't think he's going to do that. I'm not saying that he'd be thrilled about it, but I just don't see him as that kind of person. So he's it up and, and, and make, make the best of it? I think he would. Okay. Because I think also for him, this next year is a huge year in his career. So... If he were to want to be traded maybe another season or wants to prove that he hasn't regressed and wants to prove the 49ers wrong, I would think the last thing he'd want to do is sabotage his own season. I just right. don't, I don't see him that way. And, and, and I, there's no doubt in my mind that he wants to go. I mean, I do yeah. believe that. Yeah. I do believe that he wants to go. At the same time, I think he still understands that he's in a contract and that if they're not going to let him out, then he's going to do what he has to do to, you know, he's going to go to work. He's going to show up. You know, he, he's going to do the best. And I think he, it would be a season and a chance for him to prove, yes, I can do this because I know that he definitely believes that he's a starting NFL quarterback. That is his belief. And he, you know, and, you know, he, he's willing to do that to prove people wrong. Um, and I think that he wouldn't be adverse to having trade talks at that point, but it just makes him more valuable to other teams. I don't think they're going to go on and win the Super Bowl this year, but if he can come back and look competent and look like he, you know, and wins out that quarterback position, I think it shows. Now, say he doesn't win the quarterback position and they keep him on the bench, he rides the bench all year so he doesn't get hurt. Well, then they have their backup quarterback, and we're going to be looking at Blaine all year. But either way, I think he's going to abide by the terms of that contract, and then he'll probably be traded next year. That's just kind of how I see it at this point. I think if, if teams really wanted him, it would be done by now. It, there would be, it would be so easy for them to do so. But it's just not happening. So I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I think it's in Kaepernick's best interest to stay with the 49ers this year, give it one more year at least. I was convinced that he was going to act out, uh, not in his self-interest just because he was so upset with the franchise. But maybe he, after thinking it over all offseason, he'll he'll realize that the Niners are his best, still are his best option for now. Right. So it's so good for him and good for the team. Yeah. That would be a positive for everybody. It would be a win-win. Um, yeah. so, I mean, no pun intended, but yeah, be a win-win. Uh, well, I, I feel like this Kaepernick saga, I think we're going to be talking about it for weeks and months to come, probably well into next season. Um, so let's move on a little bit um, to the 49ers free agency or lack thereof. Um, they've done basically nothing, uh, which we've discussed. And I think, you know, Steph and I talked last week that 
they're going to rebuild through the draft and maybe next year they'll sign a bunch of big name free agents um, and that you know winning free agency doesn't necessarily mean winning games but you know we learned today about Ian Williams he, his status is very much up in the air that was kind of the biggest excitement thus far Grant what do you what is this team doing and what do you see them doing moving forward I think they're building the team the right way. I think they've uh, finally admitted to themselves that they have to rebuild from, basically from scratch, uh, and they're going to do it through the draft. Maybe they could have got Sean Smith, but they would have had to make him like the highest-paid cornerback in the league, the highest-paid player on the team. I don't think Balky feels that's the way to, to build a team, and I think he's right. Uh, so I, even though this team has been making wrong move after wrong move the past couple of years, I actually think that they're doing it right this offseason. I don't know. What do you guys think? Steph? Well, I mean, I, I'm, I, for one, had a lot of reservations about Ian Williams' injury, and everyone laughed at me and said I was like, you know, <laughs> like, why wouldn't he be, you know, back? And, and I just know that type of injury was gnarly, and it's yeah. not easy to um, come back from. It, you know, he basically is rebuilding his ankle, and I can kind of see – and then he got hurt again, you know, and you don't mm-hmm. want to put too much money into something that, you know, is not going to be a guaranteed nose tackle at that position. I mean, and that's something that is absolutely necessary. And I like I, Ian Williams. I think he's, you know, a wonderful person. He's a good, solid, you know, non-drama free person in the locker room, can help the younger guys. But I, you know, I really question his health. So it, 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 We'll see if they're going to come back and just kind of lowball him, and probably will to you know make sure that he then all of a sudden he'll pass the physical <laughs> probably, and then you know they'll keep. But at some point they're going to have to you know they're going to have to draft some. In my opinion, like I want round one. I want a big name. I want a wide receiver. I want somebody. I want a playmaker. I don't. There's so many holes on this team that you could probably pick any position, and I'll be so thrilled about it. So I, but at the same time, I'm nervous because the draft for me, I'm just, I'm a little underwhelmed at the choices they've made in the past that they've not been able to like really make an impact. Besides maybe Eric Reed, he hasn't even been, you know, as stellar as he was that first year. Something something was amiss last year. I don't know if it was indeed the coaching, but I mean the secondary as a whole performed all right. It wasn't the most glaring need. But at the same time, you know, he wasn't that big hitter that he was that first year, you know, and he made the Pro Bowl and all that kind of stuff. So I, I'm just a little nervous. I don't know what to say. I mean, I hope they do it right, but I – as a fan, and I, you know, that's me. As a fan, but um, as a fan, it's just hard to watch because you see, the 49ers come from a place of dominance defensively, and I think that they're going to have to start there again, and then we're going to have to see them, you know, slowly build that offense, which I think is going to be good that Chip Kelly is there because I think he's going to help with that side of the ball. I would, I would agree with that. Uh, Grant, let's talk a little bit about your favorite draft picks right now. Steph and I have talked extensively about that, but we'll continue to talk about it. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on kind of who you'd love to see them take at seven. Yeah, well, if they trade Kaepernick, then you, you probably have to take a quarterback either there or in the second round. Mm-hmm. If they don't trade Kaepernick, then I was thinking you would go with the best 
middle linebacker or outside linebacker available. Uh, I don't really like. I mean, DeForest Buckner's a good player. I feel like Eric Armstead's almost the same player. It would be kind of overkill to get kind of the same exact player two years in a row. If Miles Jack is there, he would be perfect. He probably won't be there. Uh, I would be in favor of taking Carson Wentz at seven. Um, and if you still have Kaepernick, probably not him. Probably take someone instead like uh, Emmanuel Ogba, Shaq Lawson. Maybe Ogba instead. I like Ogba a lot. Um, I think those would be the ones I like. And if you can't do that, if you don't like them, you can always trade down to 11, trade back into the first round. I think what Balky has to do, his, his job is on the line. And he can't afford to have another draft class where everyone's a project. Like last year, his first-round pick was Armstead, who's a good pick, but he really didn't contribute much last year. I think Balky's going to be shooting for not one, but two rookies who are big-time contributors right away, two guys in the, in the running for Rookie of the Year, two guys that Balky can point to and say, look, you know, I picked these guys. I'm a really good judge of talent. My resume is on the, uh, on the rise. I think there's a lot of pressure on him to find instant contributors in the draft, and more than one. Uh, that's how I look at, at the draft early. I think you're right, especially since they are rebuilding for the, through the draft and clearly made the decision not to do anything in free agency because he's not going to be able to point – to any major right. big free agent signings and be like, well, right. but look what you know, look what he's done. It's this is his draft. This is kind of a make or break right. uh, draft for Trent Balky for sure. Um, and Steph knows I love Miles Jack. I want him at seven. I'm afraid he won't be there, but he's like, he's become like my dream draft pick. Um, I just think he is such a talented player and would love to see him in Santa Clara. Steph, have your thoughts changed at all? No, I want a wide receiver. I want either like I like I really like Laquan Treadwell. Treadwell. Mm-hmm. I also like um, Michael Thomas from Ohio State mm-hmm. and uh, Brandon Miller. I want a sort of big, big wide receiver with basketball moves that can go up and get the ball because I think that that's something we've the Forty ers have lacked. Somebody that you know we have the you know. The fast guy with Tory Smith, but we need somebody that you know can make those basketball moves and get the ball and um, help the quarterback a little bit. You know, I think the guy who is is that person that you just described is Josh Doxson from TCU. Have you mm-hmm. uh, seen him at all? Yeah, yeah. I've seen him. Um, he can jump really high. He's faster than Treadwell. I, I, I think Doxson is the best wide receiver in the draft, but that's just I don't know. I don't really. Not an expert or anything, but I don't disagree with you. I don't know that I. I don't know that I can. I'm not sure I can say I totally agree with you, but I don't disagree with you. I think that he is pretty fantastic. What I've seen of him has been really impressive. He had a wrist injury. I know that, but uh, and I think that knocked him down a little bit of like pegs. But I do watch a lot of uh, you know. I do watch a lot of uh, more Pac-12 than anything. This right, is right. my thing. So I don't watch all these guys, but I have seen a lot of like, Ohio State just because it's always on TV. And um, those kids are just ridiculous. And I, I can't believe they play for the same team. So I just think either one I'd be happy with. Did but, you go to Pac-12 school? Oh, uh, yeah. Where'd you go? <laughs> Cal. Oh, Cal? Okay. Steph is the only Cal fan in the Bay Area who doesn't want the 49ers to draft Jared Goff. It's like it's, it's like a badge of honor. I watched every game. Of course. Like, I know him better, and I love him. I'm a total fan. But, uh, yeah, I don't want him on the 49ers. Why? 
Again, I did have to explain this week after week. Oh, sorry, sorry. You it's, it's, I, it, you're going to have to, you're always going to have to defend your position on this one. No, I agree with you. I'm just curious to hear why. I think he's a nice kid. I think he is, would be very great from a popularity standpoint. I think that he comes across as like, we had to live through the whole Aaron Rodgers, Alex Smith thing and the, the disappointment. So I think there's an added like, you know, complex with the Bay Area on top of that. Like, how could we let another Cal receiver go? Um, when you are from the Bay Area, we are all things Bay Area. So I think that's a natural, like, where you want to go to for picks for the 49ers. But I just don't – I think that he's going to have to sit for a year. Um, for as high pick as he's going to require – for him to sit behind another quarterback for another year, so that would make three on the on the team, mm-hmm. just seems a little superfluous. And I also don't know if his game is perfect for what the 49ers do. He does a lot of play action, and I see that things that he would do would be very similar to what Colin Kaepernick could do, or at least. And I'm not saying he's not going to be better or whatever, but I do think he's going to require um, a lot of work. And I, if you saw him against, like, the – the Navy game or the Air Force, he threw a ton of picks, and he'll get eaten up in the NFL doing that. I mean, it's just not the same caliber. Yeah, he could come up with this this really good records and these really good stats, but nobody cares in the NFL. They just want you to win the game, and a lot of games were lost, at, at, at his, and they were his fault. He threw a lot of picks. He threw a lot of, you know, things. That, and I'm not saying, he, you know, He's not a very good and talented player. I just don't think he's right for the 49ers, and I think he needs to go to a place where he can grow. And if that is on the 49ers, it'll be interesting because he'd have to sit for a year and he'd really have to come into that position. Not, But he'd also need somebody that's great at court, quarterback coaching him to really develop him. I just am not sure the 49ers are good at developing players. So I, mean, I, don't, know, so, I don't know why you say that. Some players in the past they have, you know, but right now. Especially quarterbacks. Yeah, quarterbacks. Like, I mean, at the, yeah, and, and I just don't know it's the right place for him. And I just don't know if it's going to jive. And I don't want people to be like, oh, what another bust, when I think he has a lot of potential. I just don't think the 49ers are the right place for him. And also, if they do end up drafting him and he's sitting, he will be sitting here behind Blaine Gabbert. And I don't know that that's necessarily. I don't mean this unkindly, but I don't know that that's the person you want Goff. Like, I don't know that that's going to make Goff an NFL-ready quarterback in a year. I'll put it well, that way. The fans are going to lose their minds if he's sitting and... Behind <laughs> Blaine Gabbert? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they will lose their minds. <laughs> Fair. I agree that, Gap, that uh, Goff doesn't fit the system. I mean, if you look back at the Eagles' stats the last two years, like, it's yards per carry. It's, it's a run-first offense. Everything's... Uh, predicated on them running the ball in 2014 they averaged like 4.1 yards per carry in philly and then last year was 3.9 if, if they don't have a quarterback who at least has a threat like presents the threat of running it's not that hard of a running game to stop and that really hurts the whole offense so as good as jared goff is i really like i think i like him more than you do steph but i think the, the running game wouldn't work with him at quarterback and so the passing game which is a pretty simple passing game would be compromised he should be he should be with a different Coach, and the ironic thing is, uh, he would be a good fit with Shanahan. I still think that Shanahan would have been a slightly better hire than Chip Kelly, um, but we'll see. 
if, if Shanahan were the coach, I think I would be in favor of drafting Goff at number seven. Well, Shanahan, I think, is better at developing quarterbacks. That being said, I can't discount the fact that Nick Foles looked like a pro bowler. You're right. You're right about that. I mean, he really – I give Chip Kelly credit for that. Nick Foles looks like a pro bowl quarterback, and I think we can all agree that Nick Foles is not a pro bowl quarterback. Um, So I – you know, I I will say that for Chip Kelly. Yeah, you never know. I mean, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised at any of it. And I'd be happy for Jared Goff. You know, like, I'd be happy. I just – it's just something that I – I just think there's so – many needs on the 49ers that I think we have two serviceable quarterbacks right now and since we're in this developmental stage that we really need to like start at the defense get everything done first you know get the our foundation and I know everyone says oh the the quarterback's the face of the franchise and all that kind of BS and all that and he is I guess but like I just think that when you see some, like a Super Bowl champion like Denver, who was able to work with a serviceable quarterback for over half the season and then, you know, return it to Peyton Manning, who was, you know, not so spectacular and still win the Super Bowl, it really shows that if you have a foundation, if the team is there, you can almost do it with a subpar quarterback. So I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, everyone wants the Aaron Rodgers, you know, everyone wants the star quarterback, but in this type of NFL today, I just don't see it, that it's going to just happen for the 49ers that easily. Yeah, I totally agree. It seems like most of the good teams these days uh, spend their early uh, round draft picks on defense. Seahawks do that. Uh, Patriots do that. It seems like the way to go. Uh, It seems like like, you get less busts that way. And even though it's... I don't think Russell Wilson's great at all, but, you know, he... He does the job, you know, he gets it done. So I, you know, I don't, and he's luckier than lucky. But anyway, he's, you know, I just think that that's just the way the NFL is going. And let me just say what I like about Goff, because you said what you didn't like, and I think it would be interesting just to have both both sides. I've been liking him a lot more. If you watch him, uh, first of all, he's fantastic under pressure. He played on a bad team. He consistently played against better better opponents. He moves his feet really well. He moves his feet like Peyton Manning. In fact, he reminds me of Peyton Manning. He moves his feet like Peyton Manning. He's extremely accurate deep. Uh, unlike Carson Wentz, who has, I think has a stronger arm than Goff. Goff, he can throw the fade route down the sideline. He hits the post route, with like, leads it perfectly, the perfect anticipation. And that's the type of thing. People talk about quarterbacks having big arms coming out of college, but look at a guy like Kaepernick. He has the, like one of the strongest arms in the league, and he still uh, struggles with his accuracy on the long, long throws. So just having a big arm doesn't make you a good downfield thrower. Goff is a great downfield. He's a great thrower at every part of the field. He's going to be, I think he's going to be terrific if he gets the, uh, the right team, gets to sit for a year. He could be an all-pro quarterback, I think. Yeah, he has great pocket presence, and like at one of the games, I can't even remember who it was against. It was, it was, it was one they got killed on. And he kept, he was durable. I mean, he kept getting, he looked like he was going to, I felt, felt so bad because he was like grass in his face. He looked like he was killing him. And he'd just get up and get up and get up and get up. He stays in the pocket. Like, there's no, like, I, I'm not saying I don't like the kid. I, I think he's a great kid. I think he has a lot of potential. I just don't know if he's the right fit for the 49ers. And that's, that's all I'm trying to say is. Yeah, we agree. Okay. 
Wow. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> you heard it here first. That's huge. Um, well, and I think also as, you know, you know, Grant, as you said in the beginning, this all depends on whether or not they have Kaepernick. Because if they right. do, then that's just not what the 49ers' biggest need is going to be at seven. That's no, if they have Kaepernick, I, I wouldn't take a quarterback until like the fourth round. I would agree. I'm big on Vernon Adams in the later round. Steph knows this. I'm real big on that. I keep saying it week after week, and I'm sure at some point someone's going to listen to me. But um, I really like Kevin Hogan. I think that's the guy. If if he's late, if you look at the numbers, Kevin Hogan's actually faster than Vernon Adams. Oh well, there you go. Kevin Hogan's pretty good. People don't like him because he throws funny, and he does throw funny. But he's pretty good. He won a lot. He played good against uh, watch him against Notre Dame. The game he played against Notre Dame a few months ago, he was like. Flawless in that game. Okay, I will. I will okay. Ta- I, will ta- I will take a look at that, and then I will report back to you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Via Twitter. Um, <laughs> so, speaking of a run-first offense, um, I just want to touch on this, and I, I think we've touched on it before, but I think we have a really good running back in Carlos Hyde, but we have a really big problem in his ability to stay healthy. What do you think... Chip Kelly can bring to the table to teach him how to do that, or can he? Mm. It's it's a random question, but I've just I've been thinking about it a lot. It's a good question. I like it a lot. Well, Steph, you. you want to go first? Yeah, I mean Chip Kelly is pretty much known for like using multiple running backs, and I think that would take the load off of Carlos Hyde tremendously because it's different from the way the 49ers have always used their running backs. I mean, they were just power horses, you know. They were just run them, run them, run them, run them. So the way Chip Kelly's offense works is he uses multiple running backs. We just don't have enough right now. Like, (laughs) that guy was like, pick up Lamar Miller, pick up anyone, you know. know, And I think they signed that one guy, I can't remember his name right now, but he played, and he did all right. And then, you know, but, like, I think they're going to use – the, the way Chip Kelly, he attacks the run game from, you don't know exactly know where he's going to come from, and then he switches them out all the time so the, the defense don't, does not know when when and where the running back is going to come from. So I think that's going to take a little bit of a load off of Carlos Hyde. You know, he's not going to be the, just that power running back that the 49ers have used, you know, but he's going to be there and I'm sure going to make those big runs at times when people are least expecting it. I'm hoping, and I'm, I'm this is another draft thing, I, and they can get a running back probably a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of them out there, uh, you know, in a tough one. So I think that they're going to have to draft big on that, and I think they're going to bring in more running backs. They absolutely have, have to. And I know everybody was high on Jared Heen, but he really is a specialty-type player, and I don't think he's a true running back. So I'm hoping that they find somebody that, you know, knows how to pass block and run block and do all the things that, you know, he's supposed to do. Gramps? Uh, I think the approach is definitely the right way to go. It's probably what they're going to do. But you asked what can Chip Kelly do uh, to help Carlos Hyde be more durable or last longer. Mm -hmm. I think actually the way I would think of it is what can Carlos Hyde do? To me, he needs to change his running style. He has this uh, violent, seek-out contact uh, running style that he probably needs to tweak. It worked terrific in the Big 12. He uh, punished college defenders but and really made college defenders tap out by the fourth quarter. People didn't want to touch him. But in the fourth quarter, in the NFL, 
teams can't get enough of running backs like that. I mean, I was in Pittsburgh, and they really, really roughed him up. They, they knocked him out of the game in the first half. Uh, Ryan Shazier, who's just about the same size as him, lit him up. And I, the, the thing that was so great about Gore was he always seemed to avoid the big hit, and as a result, he, he, he played a lot of games. He was not hurt very much. Hyde has to figure out a way to avoid taking that big hit at the end of the runs because those things add up and those cut, cut short his season. And apparently he's actually been training with Frank Gore this offseason. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping. That's yeah, I think I'm hoping actually maybe more more than Chip Kelly. What can Frank Gore do yeah. to help Carlos Hyde? But I think that that's really important. Um, so I'm hoping that that translates into good stuff in a healthy season for Carlos Hyde because we need him healthy and he's a stellar running back when he's healthy. Yeah. Um, well, guys, I think we've touched on a lot. Does anybody have anything else they want to talk about? Any parting thoughts? For yeah, I have one more thing. Please. Uh, what about Kaepernick's personality? This is one that me and Steph uh, disagreed on uh, big time. And I've been thinking about it a lot since we had that disagreement. I covered the Super Bowl, and I was doing the um, – I was covering the Panthers in particular all week. And so I, I was around Cam Newton a lot, and I never covered him before. And – it was interesting, and I couldn't help but comparing him, his personality at least, to Kaepernick. And I, I felt like there was, at least before the game, after the game, they kind of seemed similar. But before the game, they seemed very different in that Cam Newton has this extremely magnetic, bubbling personality. He can't get enough of the spotlight. He's kind of a hot dog. He, a lot of the stuff he says doesn't really make any sense, but he just likes to talk. But then there's the, the way his teammates talk about him. They love him. You ask you ask Ted Ginn, uh, offensive lineman, anyone, what they think of Cam Newton, and it's always, I, I love him. He's one of the guys. He he makes he makes us better. All kind of all those kind of things. And I always felt like Kaepernick was sort of not that kind of player. He's more in, in inside himself. Uh, when other players would talk about them, they would talk about him sort of uh, in sort of business like terms. He's a hard worker. He's a good player. Not like the the gushing love. And I think it's. This is sort of the difference. It's one of the reasons why Kaepernick may have lost the locker room last year. He's not necessarily one of the guys in the way that Cam Newton is or Joe Montana was or Steve Young. When I think of Colin Kaepernick and his personality, I think of a baseball player, uh, a pitcher, someone who is supremely confident in themselves and goes about their business and, and uh, really is within themselves. And that works great in baseball. Ka Kaepernick was a great baseball player. He could have been probably a major leaguer. But in football, there's this other extra element of, of leading, of rallying the troops. And I think it's one of the things that Gabbard does well and one of the reasons that the team rallied around him last year. So that's one of the things that struck me about Ka Kaepernick. Uh, what do you think, Steph? I know you, you've talked with him and had uh, totally different interactions. I'm, I'm curious, to think, curious to hear what you think. I've talked to people that went to high school with Kaepernick. They really like him, say he's a very warm, outgoing person. So I, you might have a different perspective. I do. I think you're completely wrong. I um, <laughs> I think you're like just so wrong. There's there, and I don't even know where to start. Let me think about it. Um, I, and I let you finish. But part of it for him is it. It's not like Colin Kaepernick doesn't have any friends on the team. He's always friends with the guys that are not the. They're the minor roster players. They're not the main guys that make a ton of money and he, he, he does have friends, they're just not the ones that you know everybody seems to like and he is a very shy person he 
does not like to lose. When he loses, he likes to be by himself. And, you know, and I understand how the team wants, you know, somebody that's going to be like, you guys, you guys did great today and all this kind of stuff. It's just not how he is. He really internalizes a lot of the loss. And it's just, it's he's not going to fake it. It's just who he is, and he won't fake it. And the, he even hates the idea of trying to fake it. So he doesn't I, – I just think that if he finds you rude as a reporter or so – not you, I'm talking about general sense of rude or you, is that it's like anybody that reports a certain way, he won't fake it with you. He doesn't want – to answer that question and he feels like he shouldn't have to he really wants to play football and in his that's his job and he is willing to answer questions but he he's going to do it his own way and as far as the locker room goes it's fine when he's winning nobody cares nobody cares who Colin Kaepernick was because he has not changed as long as he wins but as soon as he stops winning everyone starts to talk about his personality because that's what the media does. So in my viewpoint, he has not changed from the day he was drafted to to today. And as long as he wins, just like Harbaugh, nobody had a problem with them when he was winning. But as soon as you stop winning, people pick at you. And I feel like they're picking at him because he's not winning. And they're not looking at all the other dubious things the 49ers did. And the lack of talent, the injuries, the, you know, crazy coaching controversies and the, the, you know, subpar coaching staff. Nobody looked at that. It was just thrown onto his shoulders, which I think was monumentally unfair. He is a good person. He's a nice person. He doesn't drink alcohol. I know he's a very legitimate, true person. And uh, I just disagree with you. I just think that it's not that he doesn't have friends. He just doesn't he doesn't care who his friends are. If they're on the minor roster, that's good enough for him. He's very genuine. Okay, hold on. If you don't mind, let me let me say something. I was talking about how he uh, interacts with teammates, and, and you sort of morphed it over to how he interacts with the media. Let's talk about teammates. The media is a different topic. Um, in terms of the teammates, two points. One, there was the report that he lost the locker room, and I just want to say from from what I know, I heard that report twelve hours before it, before Glazer reported it. I and, heard too. Right, I heard it through a player. So from what I understand, that's legit, and it came from the locker room. It was an observation of a player, not some uh, manufactured report from the front office. That's one thing. And the other thing is, if you looked at what, if you heard Alex Boone when he signed with the Minnesota Vikings, he had an introductory press conference, and the, one of the first things someone asked him was, "What do you like about Teddy Bridgewater?" And what Boone said was, "He's not a diva." And I mean, that's a pretty clear comparison. Yeah. So I, I just want to say that. There is a, a part of, and you said also that Kaepernick, you know, he has friends. They're not necessarily the biggest stars in the team. They're like the lower players. Well, okay, that's fine, and that's good. I'm, I'm, I wasn't saying he didn't have any friends. Clearly he has some, and I've seen him talk and be close with uh, Quentin Patton and Michael Wilhoyt and players like that. But the difference, though, that I was that struck me with him and Cam Newton was Cam Newton is friends with everyone on the Panthers. I mean, it's not a question. He, he, he is friends with everyone on that team. He is extremely magnetic. And it's not like there are like pockets of the team that he's close with or pockets that he doesn't talk as much with. It's a, it's a different thing. That's all I'm saying. I I think that I have two things. First of all, going back to Alex Boone, I always one thing with Alex Boone though is he loves to 
for lack of a better way to say this, he loves to run his mouth and create controversy. I mean, he really does love to do that. And so when I saw that quote, you know what? I don't know. I'm not in the locker room. Kaepernick could be a diva. I don't see him that way, but maybe he could be. But when I saw that quote, I felt like that's such a typical Alex Boone thing to say now that he's gone. Um, So uh, that's just my two cents on that. Um, Secondly, you know, in terms of Kaepernick and Cam Newton, it's a little bit what Steph said. That's just not who he is. And that's never who he's going to be. And the 49ers are going to have to look elsewhere in the locker room. And I know that in some ways that's the quarterback's job. But Steph is right. When he's winning, he hasn't lost the locker room. And no one has a problem with it. Um, So I think that this team finds those leaders elsewhere. You know, it used to be Patrick Willis. I think now it's somewhat Navarro Bowman, but I do think they need somebody else because that's that's not who Kaepernick is, and that's probably never who he's going to be. I get what you're saying. That is part of a quarterback's job, but that just may not be part of this quarterback's job. And I think it's a little bit of a misnomer, Grant, that you think that, like, Joe Montana, who, uh, you know, of course, you know, he was my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was like, whoa, you know, you know, the, the, oh, the, the amazing 49er. But in reality, he was pretty, he was a jerk. And I'm not saying that, like, to, like, you know, throw people's, you know, viewpoints of him down. But a lot of people had issues with him. I mean, it's when you get to the professional level, you're dealing with multiple personalities, and all it is is your job is to play the game. And so, in my, the bottom line for me is, I don't care. I don't care what Colin Kaepernick, who he's friends with. I don't care if who he dates, and I don't care, you know, all about all of where he goes or whatever. I just want him to take his job seriously and do the job. Now, I understand that other people want him to be the most likable, you know, the most popular, but I just I just don't care. I don't think it's that big of a deal. And there's a lot of quarterbacks in this league that, you know, don't necessarily get they're, – they're very different from – they're coming from all walks of life. And, you know, you're, you're not going to tell me that, that Peyton Manning gets completely along with every single person on his team. Or Aaron Rodgers gets along with, you know, I think there's a mutual respect, but I don't think that they have to be best buddies. They don't have to be clingy to them. And, and you know, I just think that that's just a misnomer. It's just not how, it's just not real. Okay, okay. well, let me just say, I, I, during the season, the reason I'm making a deal out of it is, uh, I'll explain. Uh, during the season, I was on the phone with a uh, NFL assistant coach. Uh, I was asking him background on a different topic. We were talking. He wanted to go off the record, and he asked me about Kaepernick. He said, what's going on with him? Because you know how NFL coaches are. They're, they're removed. They think that they could fix someone. They're, they're intrigued. They want to know if, if they could help the next – if they could help Kaepernick. They see it as, uh, you know, someone else. The current coaching staff problem that they could fix. So he says, what's the deal? Why is Kaepernick – he was so good. What happened to him? So I explained what I had heard, uh, you know, about him losing the locker room, what you guys have heard. Uh, I just told him what I heard, and – that you know he tend to eat, tends to eat lunch by himself, uh, can be a little aloof, uh, walks around with his head, headphones a, a lot. And from the point of view of this one player, seemed to almost uh, like it that way or be comfortable with that. And so I told I told the coach that, and his response was, you know, quarterback has to be one of the guys. Joe Montana was one of the guys. He didn't make it a big deal like this is a deal breaker for Colin, but he he said you know he's got to change. 
You gotta be one of the guys. It doesn't mean you have to be friends with one of the guys, with everyone. It doesn't mean you have to be the ultimate leader in the locker room. But you can't put yourself above other people. You really have to be one of the guys. And I think that that's in question for him. Um, I, I'm not saying that he can't be one of the guys. I'm sure in high school he was one of one of the guys, and uh, in college he was too. But the way that his career has unfolded in San Francisco, the way that he got became very famous very quickly, the way that Harbaugh uh, anointed him, I, I, I don't think he is one of the guys, and I think that's one of the things he has to um, think about and internalize and work on. Um, that's all I'm saying. You might you, you could disagree, but the reason I think it's a big deal is because a coach said it to me. So, I, I, I mean, I think he knows what he's talking about. And he didn't say it like it's a total deal breaker, as I said. He just says, you know, that's not good. Colin should have, you know, Colin should think about that. Colin should, uh, Colin should tweak that. Well, I think we may, we may all have to agree to disagree on this point. Yeah, and well, I mean, if you, he's not the first quarterback to have this kind of issue. I mean, no, absolutely not. Yeah. And it's not a, yeah, it's, it's you can work on the issue. Yeah, and he can. I mean, I'm not saying he can't, but I was, I was, you know, like Randall Cunningham in Philly. Like, he, he was the top guys on the roster. Never just kind of accepted his quirks, but again, they accepted him when he was winning. And then when things went south for Randall, you know, he didn't really have anybody to that had his back. And I see it very similarly. So, uh, you know, I just think that picking on his personality is just a, kind of a. A low blow. I don't think it's really something that matters. I mean, I think that if he were super great, I mean, who cares? I don't know. I just, I just think it's just. I'm not going to pick on the guy's personality. He is who he is, and you know, I'm not. I can't change it. He can't change it. It's just the way he is. And maybe he can work on things, but when it comes to personalities, there's not much you can do. You know, there's a reason that I say what I want when I want because that's part of who I am, and I'm not changing, and I won't change for anybody. So I really empathize with Colin Kaepernick. I see why he's the way he is because you just. I don't want to be fake. Like I would never want to like have this, you know, fakeness about me. And I just think that that's how he is. He's incredibly honest. He's not going to be somebody different. What you see is what you get. Well, you keep saying that the team rallies around him when, when he's winning. Well, obviously. I, I think that the, the issue is <laughs> w- when there's adversity. You know what I'm saying? When, when things don't go well, like early last season, when, when they were 1-2, 1-3, and he throws four picks in a game, uh, if, if you're one of the guys, the team will rally around you. If not, the team will point fingers. So uh, the, the, it becomes an issue when things, when the when the uh, the wheels are falling off, when the season's going wrong. Only then, and that's why we only saw it recently because he was always on such a great team where that issue didn't pop up. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and I think he's an easy target because there's a lot of things besides quarterback that is wrong with the 49ers. And so, so I think he's so an yeah. easy target. And if the, you know if the, if the teammates want to do that to their teammate and throw someone under their bus, well. Whatever. I mean, they're they're they have as many faults, if not more. So I don't know. I don't really care. I think I think I think we should um, I think we should leave this point, and I think agree to disagree. Oh, I like that conversation. Though. It was good. Thank you. Oh, for sure. I liked it too. I think it's it's a great conversation. I just I think unfortunately it kind of is what it is. Talked about it. We got real upset at each other. And I felt like it was a, it's a fair conversation that we didn't need to get upset about. I think you know what I think it is a fair conversation. I think it's an issue on the team. Um, and I think it's healthy for sure for us to talk about it. What happens with it? 
remains to be seen. Yeah. Um, I think we'll see that in the future. And I, I, you know, I agree. It's probably something he should work on, but I also agree. It's not who he is. And maybe it's just not who he has to be. But time will tell. Worked out, so we'll see. Exactly. So if we're going the Randall Cunningham route, it's going to be fine. Yes. Okay. Well, this was very fun. All right, guys. Well, thank you both. Um, Steph, thank you, as always, for being here. Grant, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. All the best. Bye.